0: Welcome back to Queer Horror
1: Cult. Yeah, welcome back. We are here. We are back.
0: We're here. We're queer. We're cult, apparently.
1: That doesn't rhyme, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, As you probably noticed from the intro jingle, we have another special episode for you. We are back with Queer Jallo Cult. Hell yeah. It's uh, It's been a minute, and given my undying love for this genre and your undying love for being italian i figure it's a match made <laughs> in heaven you know
0: oh yeah you got it
1: yeah i suppose this is gonna be a bit of a potentially heavy topic as we go because yeah. you know like we kind of we we don't really script any of this we just kind of talk so who knows maybe we'll keep it light but uh this time we're talking about giallo or jolly that deal with violence against women as part of the M.O. or, like, the punishment of femininity as the M.O. Mm-hmm. kind of thing, or to do with the uh, the what's what of the movie, because, as you know, these are crime thrillers. They yes. always have these intricate plots, and they're whodunits, basically. They're, they're the best kind of whodunits, <laughs> and there's always these varied reasons for the why of the crime, um, the how, the, the who, all that kind of stuff. So I figured looking at a common link through three fairly different Jallo movies, mm-hmm. I mean, they're different as far as Jolly goes. If you yeah. <laughs> look at them, it's like, oh yeah, Black Gloves, Red Herrings, Pretty Ridiculous he Titles. a
0: boobies show at some point.
1: Yeah, boobies. <laughs> um, actually, one of our movies, the last one we watched, is fairly atypical. That's true. But that was part of why I wanted to watch it.
0: Yeah, we always like a throw in a, a little curveball Yeah, throw something. a curveball at yeah. you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose we should maybe start off before we get into the movies themselves talking about the misogyny problem that Jello has. Um, these movies can be very misogynistic, can't they?
0: Yeah, or at least the, the content can be, whether or yeah. not you um, <laughs> interpret the movie as therefore... Communicating misogynistic yes, messages that, to be that's taken away. Fair. I suppose yeah. saying the movie
1: itself is is misogynistic. Full stop is a very unnuanced kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Very takes mean,
0: it at face value. I much. guess
1: rather they contain a lot of misogynistic.
0: Yeah, and the trucks. camera likes to linger uh, on it.
1: I I don't know. Like it's common to a lot of Italian horror as well in general at the time. I mean, Giallo was the uh, horror du jour mm-hmm. when these movies were being made, but. There is this kind of I think a great way to look at it from our perspective is to watch that movie from 2015 The Editor <laughs> which is a send-up of giallo and it yes. it wears it on its sleeve in so many ways but it definitely has a run that's kind of like a I don't know if I'd take critique so much as a comment on Mm. The misogyny of these movies, because I've only seen the ones, it's hard to say how critical it's being, rather than just poking fun. Yeah, the whole genre um,
0: itself, and the but conventions and everything. That's
1: one I do want to see again, it's been Yeah, a I was while. just thinking,
0: I was like, I actually don't remember very much of it, so I think it's different. I remember the funny
1: much. speech where the guy's talking to the cat. I, yes, I remember that. And I also remember that Tristan Risk is in it. But, yeah, I suppose it is fair to... Mention how we're approaching this. Like, I, I'm not looking at these movies as being inherently misogynistic, but they do nah. have a bit of a misogyny problem, kind of thing. Like, sure. you have to sort of accept that as part of the genre and be willing to. I'm not saying look past it, like, therefore excuse it,
0: but be willing to engage with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm.
0: yeah. It depends, and like you said, this episode might be kind of heavy. It depends on the wording I heard lately at work because I like, it started that new job at that um, psychology place. Hmm. Where, uh, yeah, at the lunch break one of the psychologists was talking about having recently watched, um, one of the documentary series about the survivor, or from the perspective of the survivors of a particular, uh, musical icon and stuff and and how she was, she was just watching it. She's like, and it's heavy, but she said it got to a point where her husband was like, I can't watch this. And she was like, Oh, I never realized how many calluses I have. And I'm like, yeah, I have a very calloused soul. Yes. So yes, depending on your level of uh, your collection of calluses, As far as the material you can engage with. And I feel like we we bring that up a lot. Where it's like, if, if you can't or you don't want to, that's fine too. Just go with what you're okay with. Yeah.
1: But aside from that, these movies also, they're like your sort of Hitchcockian crime thrillers. Except with the, frequently with the violence and extreme content turned way up.
0: And lingered upon and yes. shown explicitly. Oh, God. Especially Definitely not implied.
1: Especially when you get into, like, a Fulci movie where <laughs> you get, like, some gory thing happens and the camera crash zooms into it.
0: A, like, eyeball getting stabbed or some yeah. shit. Yeah. And very so close
1: up. so, the saving grace for people that maybe have a weaker stomach is oftentimes the effects aren't very convincing. That's true. They, they, are,
0: they haven't all aged super yeah, well.
1: But then you get something like, it's not a Jalo, but Fulci's zombie- where you have the Mm -hmm. nastiest eye-poke scene in Mm -hmm. all of movie history. And And it still
0: hasn't been topped. (laughs) It's
1: gross. And I remember it flooring me the first time I saw it. So these movies are kind of littered with those moments, and you don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah, but (laughs) I feel like it's always worth the ride. Mm -hmm. Um, Because especially even if there are more problematic elements at times, there's a... there's always these ridiculous plot twists and, and red herrings all over the place, and you usually have a great score going. And,
0: and a lot of really, whether it's intentional or not, but like hilarious dialogue.
1: Oh, the dialogue is fantastic. Uh, when we watched for our first episode, Case of the Bloody Iris, I remember we were just losing it, laughing <laughs> yeah. at some of those lines.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's it's fun.
1: Yeah, it's very there's, fun. There's
0: some little hidden gems in and there.
1: And the camera work is often really out there noticeable, like noticeable i guess
0: yeah. <laughs> like it's definitely not necessarily something that you don't pick up on and just say oh i'm just seeing a beautifully shot movie it's like oh that yeah. was in your face i'm it's almost kind of brechtian in that way maybe not intentionally so but where it, it, it will be so much so that it, like kind of takes you out of the experience mm-hmm. and makes you like oh yeah i'm watching a movie yeah like it's a I hadn't thought about it that way until just now.
1: That's interesting. <laughs> um, I will actually use that as a segue to jump into our first movie. Let's do The it. first one we watched was What Have You Done to Solange? Mm-hmm. And before we get into the themes of that, the segue I'm thinking is, it features one of my all-time favorite POV shots in the entire movie, and I don't know if you remember this, it's when they're in the, it's the killer is in the apartment building. And some, and they've just committed some crime, and a neighbor comes out, and then they just book it down mm-hmm. the flight of stairs, and it's all done that. as this long POV winding down the staircase yeah, where they kind of
0: see the neighbor, and then like turn and run, and yeah. And yeah, it's that I, camera I person must that. have
1: been like on the verge of face planting the entire time because they were just booking it down the stairs with this camera rig. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was definitely one of those noticeable camera setups mm-hmm. where it. It's not subtle. No. Oh. But it's definitely Subtle is not a
0: good word to use to describe Jolly.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. But what have you done to the launch? This was the first time launch for you, yeah? Yep. What did you think of it?
0: I liked it. I um, It did some, I guess, unconventional stuff with maybe your expectations, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. as far as um, characters and whatnot. Like, there, were, there was definitely a death that I wasn't expecting.
1: Yes, right.
0: Yeah, kind of took that... I don't know, maybe sort of Game Game of Thrones approach where it's like, you think the movie centered on this person? They're dead. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's, it's still like, sort whoa. of
1: like, a, this would have been made, I believe, 72, early 70s. So it's still a good decade plus after Psycho, mm-hmm. but there, are, there very much is that sort of like, it was sort of in vogue to do that, like let's pull the rug out from under you, just as you've grown attached to a certain character, right, or already. at least familiar
0: with, even if you're not yeah. necessarily invested or attached in them. But you're, you've kind of accepted. But they're that still the movie, they're, they're the, the central focal character. Point. Yeah. yeah, they're like this is who I'm focused on. This is whose story's developing. Who's yeah. driving the action. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. What now?
1: <laughs> and this movie kind of like flips who we should be focusing on a few times, mm-hmm. and so it's. Um, I've seen this a few times, and I still was a bit floored by some of it, because I didn't quite remember particulars, and then something would happen, I'm like, I don't remember that, and wow, I wasn't expecting that. Right. Um, yeah, as I've seen it a few times, I quite like this one. It's, it's disturbing, mm-hmm. but it's probably one of my favorite Jello for how it plays with the convention. Yeah. But it's definitely a bit of a disturbing one. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, it is. So why <laughs> is
1: that? Do you want to get into the setup for this movie, and what it, what yeah, it is, what it's um, about?
0: Teenage school girls are being butchered.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, we have one character who almost seems to be. Like, at first, it seems like maybe she's almost witnessing the attack, but then it it seems like almost like one of those psychic connection kind of things where she sees it as it's happening, but doesn't necessarily know what's happening, where it's happening.
1: I think she's supposed to be literally witnessing it, but the way they 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 play it, it, yeah. it does throw it into question a little bit. It
0: does, yeah, and the, the reliability of her as a witness as well, mm-hmm. I guess. Or as an indirect witness, because shes not, I don't think she's ever um, confronted or, like, goes to, like, the police about it or anything and says, I've witnessed a crime. It's more just, like, she hears about this and it's like, oh, wait, I saw that. I saw that as it happened.
1: Well, do you remember the opening scene? Mm-hmm. She's in the boat with yeah, and the... Turns-
0: yeah, she's in the boat with her... Uh, professor, professor yeah. instructor guy
1: and uh the crime happens on the riverbank so she literally yeah. witnesses it
0: but she, it, but yeah the but way, it like, the way memory, it's the way filmed you know like it's like she it's like almost she's witnessing it as her eyes are closed and she's getting flashes of it yeah. and it's like wait i just saw that and he's like what are you talking about yeah yeah. And yeah they find a body there a couple hours later
1: it definitely plays in that um this is a big trope from uh Jello movies. This one comes up in the one we, one of the ones we talked about in the first mm-hmm. uh, episode, Bird of the Crystal Plumage. But the idea that the main character witnessed something but cannot quite remember they mem- what yeah, they the saw. Yeah, the memory is
0: unreliable, until they, they saw something, but they yeah they don't quite remember what they saw or how they saw or how what they saw. It's like um, is significant.
1: It's like reframing the unreliable narrator so yeah. that the narrator. Zone brain is unreliable to them. Yeah, yeah. So even even the
0: narrator is like, I have no idea what's
1: going on. (laughs) So it's a pretty, uh, it's an interesting way to go about complicating the mystery. Um, -hmm. for some, that might be cheating, but I I think it's an interesting take because, uh, it's just a different way to complicate the story. Mm -hmm. That, um, and
0: like, honestly, eyewitness testimony is unreliable as Mm -hmm. fuck. Our memories are. Super unreliable, so it's not unrealistic. So you say there's a sort of means. realism
1: to it, there even really,
0: if you think about it. There really is. It's almost like
1: an uncanny realism because these yeah. movies are so artifice. But. Yeah, and
0: then they're so like, I guess, blatant about it. Where because a lot of the times we don't realize how unreliable our memories are. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess another thing I've come across in in my studies. Yeah. That it's like yeah, they're really not reliable because we conceptualize a thing so much in terms of like narratives and meanings and significance that we take the meaning we you know a particular meaning or whatever and significance out of an event that we we witness and we remember it and it gets encoded into our memories according to whatever significance we associate with it so what details are being left out or what is maybe being adjusted ever so slightly to be more congruent with the significance we associate with it as opposed to an objective view of what happened? Like just the action itself. That's maybe. very jalo,
1: and I want to come back totally. to that when we talk about our next movie. But, we will do that, but we will we won't jump ahead of ourselves quite yet. Um,
0: stay with Solange.
1: i will stay with Solange. So, this movie does feature femininity and womanhood as like a central crux for the violence Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna put a huge disclaimer in that in one particular avenue it's a very cisnormative yeah approach to womanhood but the killer's mo and this is what makes this movie so hard to watch in a lot of ways is he kills these women by stabbing them in the vagina
0: yeah and they're like they're like young women like you know, 18, 17. Mm-hmm. So, like, even on that sort of cusp of, like, adult womanhood, there's still like, teenage girls. So yeah, while well, like the
1: actors of... are adults, yeah. it is very they're, they're much... Betraying... It's that reform school kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like, I think one of them says she's 18 at one point, but it's, it's very much that liminal, like, girlhood, womanhood mm-hmm. space that's kind of tra- transitory between the two. Yes. So... Yeah, it's not even it just um, necessarily like you know adult womanhood. It's also this these like sexual anxieties and stuff that are projected onto teen girls that are yeah. sort of in, in that in between stage where you know we you say the age of eighteen is the cut off. You can then, vote,
1: therefore, therefore,
0: yeah, it's something magical Heart happens. In the line in the sand. When you go to thing. bed on your the eve of your seventeenth birthday and you wake up on your eighteenth birthday, you are completely changed. Yeah. very new person. You're a
1: child the night before, and then when you wake up, you're two children. Now in your you're trench a man. Coat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're
0: two children in a trench coat. There you go.
1: <laughs> That's an interesting approach to this. I don't think I had necessarily paid as much attention to where that divide is in terms mm-hmm. of the mo and how it's the anxieties over womanhood and yeah, and se- so-called sexual awakening, and then it's yeah. just like it's such a pervertedly violent. Mm-hmm. Spin on that.
0: And it's also so... Like, we talked a little bit about this um, right after watching it, but there's also that, like, Freudian bent to it. Yeah, where... get
1: go into that a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Because that so... was interesting. I didn't quite...
0: Mm-hmm. This didn't
1: click with me when I would watched it, right. so...
0: So, in the, this, like, opening scene that we talked about where she's on the on the river with her... Oh. You know, she's having this affair with this professor. With
1: Fabio Testi. With Fabio Joe Testi. Joe Stalwart Fabio Testi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, there. They're looking like they're probably going to fuck, but she, as this, you know, they're, they're kissing and all, you know, this this sort of natural progression towards the courts consummating their affair.
1: Mm-hmm. Again,
0: that very sort of hetero-cis-normative um, approach, because, yeah. obviously.
1: I uh. would be shocked if this was, like, <laughs> unless it was entirely 100% unintentionally so, I'd be right. shocked if this was, like an iconically trans movie you know or super
0: queer or something yeah. yeah no and um so as they move more towards the quote unquote the sex act because of course there's only one
1: there's only there's one, only one I know what one. it is if you can't tell i'm doing the finger
0: finger in uh in
1: the, the, the o with my hand. other fingers yeah it's like i'm
0: yeah but you know. as um as she's sort of like trying to get into it she has these flashes of this you know these black leather-gloved hands stabbing a young woman's body in in the vagina and. So and then she you knows she stops and she told yep. and is like, Oh my god, I just
1: shot we get yeah. is uh, a woman's parted legs coming up in the camera and mm-hmm. this huge fucking knife, like machete level huge yeah. so, like glinting blade in the sun being thrust between them. You between don't between her legs. You yeah. don't you don't it's off camera, but yeah. just like But the, the, you know exactly
0: what is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't see the the penetration of the yeah. knife into her body, but
1: Which means this is already a better fun. movie than Jello and Venice.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so as, as she's getting closer to the sex act, she's having these flashes of this of this very violent, you know, mm-hmm. penetration into, into somebody's, you know, feminine-coated genitals with yep. a sharp, violent weapon mm-hmm. that is also, you know, if, if you want to get super psychoanalytical with it, you could see it as a phallic instrument that, I mean, even you get that description of some... Um, when someone you know, kills someone with a knife or whatever, they might be like, oh, this is the substitute for the sex acts because they're impotent. And- well,
1: I don't know. Sometimes a shiny machete is just a shiny machete. There
0: you have it, guys. So anyway, um, it was interesting that like a couple of times where she's at as she's getting closer to having sex with this guy for the fir- presumably the first time mm. in their affair. Um,
1: is it the first time? I, I felt like that was very ambiguous because I think thematically it makes so much sense that this is the first time and it's very virginal, mm-hmm. but was there something in the movie that,
0: well, spoiler, um, she's the one who gets killed and the, mm-hmm. the coroner, yeah, we'll just put a spoiler.
1: huge spoiler yeah. warning in the description.
0: <laughs> and the coroner actually states like she was still a virgin.
1: Okay. That was her. Okay. That was okay. her. Yeah.
0: And okay. I mean, of course this, how can we tell someone's a vir- Like it's like, whatever. Is unreliable at best, but back then it's it's just science, you guys, and medicine, and it's a yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, we get the impression that they have not actually consummated their affair, or if they have, they have not done. They haven't had sex. They've only done foreplay, which
1: isn't remotely sex, which isn't and sex. doesn't count, guys, it doesn't count, because guys. you know there's again. I'm too lazy to do the hand gesture, so just pretend I am.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, this thing, this 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 anxiety almost over this idea whether it's the fear of um, you know losing one's virginity or just the fear of like the sex act itself and this idea of being penetrated by the phallus mm-hmm. and the the violence that might are the the um, the latent idea of violence associated with it that mm-hmm. keeps interrupting this their the, the affair itself.
1: Because isn't that, like, so much, like, a cishet normative kind of expression of sex where it's, like, the first time is going to be violent, it is going to hurt, going, it yeah. will draw blood. It, it hurts
0: for girls, guys. That's it's just, what I that's just, mean, like... It's supposed to hurt. Like, I remember it, heard, it's supposed to hurt.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's, um... Before we get anyone going all bio-truthy or Science at us, I was like, well, of course it does, because blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't give a shit. But also, um... There still is a narrative constructed around there
0: it. There is. And it, it can hurt without feeling like you're getting stabbed. Because there are conditions that can make it feel like you're getting stabbed in the vag. And having this nor- normalized idea that it's supposed to hurt can stop people from actually seeking medical help for years. Because they think, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I was born with a vagina, so it's just supposed to hurt. Yes, this is the way it is. This is clearly normal. There's nothing wrong with me. And there's no way that this could be better. And I could have it be more pleasurable for me.
1: Yeah. This is just I'm my lot a, I'm as the a baby woman. Because this is how I feel about it. Yeah, and, you know, and there's there's clearly win.
0: nothing going on here that could be better because this is just my lot as a lowly, lowly woman, my punishment from God, blah 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 blah
1: This is a very <laughs> pessimistic little uh, side, uh, sidebar that we had there, but
0: been talking to people about public health and stuff yeah. recently. And it's just like, yeah, it, it it sucks. So anyway, I even remember learning about this, you know, the so called primal scene where
1: how uh, the primal su- scene. supposed
0: to very much, like, identify with the parent who, or, uh, yeah, w- with the parent who is the same sex as you, assuming you have, you know, a, a, same right. se- a parent who is the same sex as you.
1: When you walk in on your parents wrestling. But,
0: yeah, wrestling or whatever. And um, the differences in perceptions where, you know, the, again, sorry, very cis- heteronormative assumptions here we know this is not always the case but the um a girl is supposed to perceive because the the love the, the love object is supposed to be the parent of the quote unquote opposite sex a girl would perceive her mother as hurting her father by like enveloping his penis and just like attacking it right. whereas a boy would perceive his father as hurting the mother by stabbing her with this like intrusive object in her into her body you've
1: gotta love how both ways you cut it is about hurting
0: right like it's and just like the primal and... scene is
1: i'm gonna fucking hurt you yeah and it, we're gonna call it love
0: yeah exactly well to be loved is to be harmed and hurt and like have one of the most like sensitive and like personal areas of your body fucking mauled by somebody else's body no like...
1: wonder freudian readings of horror movies and thrillers work so fucking well mm-hmm because, you know, like... I take it
0: way too literally. Yikes. <laughs> cuz yikes. Exactly. That about sums up Freud.
1: <laughs> I want knuckle tats that say cuz yikes.
0: Cuz yikes. You even have the apostrophe in front of cuz. Solange, what happened? Um, what have we done to her?
1: What have we done to her?
0: So, schoolgirls keep getting picked off um, in a very violent, very sexualized manner.
1: And it's the same MO every time, or just about every time, mm-hmm. isn't it?
0: Yeah. And this idea that... You, you get the idea that they have this, this big secret but nobody can know. Especially not the adults. No. The teachers, the priests, the... every Because, of course, they're at, like, a Catholic school or something. Because it's Italy. It's some, okay.
1: Every school is a Catholic school in 1970s Italy. That's just That's how it goes.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? At least in a uh, film world. Yeah. So as the movie progresses and we find out... Uh, who is Solange? What happened to her? Where did she go? Who are these boys that she's hanging out this with? This is the
1: part I did not remember. Mm. Solange is Camille Keaton. Right. From I, uh, I spit on your grave fame. And we recently saw her from across the room. So we
0: were in the same room as her in uh, At
1: Edmonton's Dead by Con about a month ago?
0: Thereabouts, yeah.
1: Yeah. Shortly. Yeah, it was the weekend after I got back from Berlin. Mm-hmm. So just over a month ago. Anyway, so that was cool. Yeah. Uh, that would have, I didn't realize she was in this because then I would have brought my copy of this to get signed right? and then like blown her mind.
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's just no, like, I like, what? Someone was here like,
1: not getting I spit on your grave What sign? a missed opportunity. Yeah. Oh. But I, I didn't know. Yeah. I forgot. I'm sure uh, it's <laughs> all Yeah. So Solange mm-hmm. is a cult royalty in this very peculiar kind of way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah, in this kind of roundabout... You wouldn't necessarily expect it. Mm-hmm. The going from, like, American Exploitation movie to Jallo. Well, she
1: went from Jallo to American Exploitation because... Sorry,
0: uh, I had my, my linear causality. The a, I'm pretty a sure Ice spit in the Grave was 75, which oh, okay. would have been after Fair. this. Pretty sure. Anyway, yeah, it, it was unexpected. <laughs> we don't
1: do research on the show, apparently. Not anymore. <laughs>
0: not anymore, yeah. Not today.
1: <laughs> yeah. The sun's shining. We're, Why we're enjoying life. Why should yes, we... Yes,
0: it's spring. So, um at some point I remember thinking this was kind of odd where where the uh, you know the professor sleuth who's decided to start investigating outside of the police because there's always a character like that in Jallo who oh gets, that's who gets like, wrapped up in the mystery and it's like well now I have to solve it
1: if it's a cop investigating and that's the focus you're, you just have to sit there asking
0: is it Jalo? it, 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 it makes gives you pause and at that
1: point it sure. becomes a plea to ticket different I genre see. um I know that there's one that's kind of a hybrid of the two, I think largely because of that, called <laughs> Suspicious Death of a Minor mm. by Sergio Martino, who we will come to later in this episode. But we're on Solange. Yes.
0: So the sleuth professor man, who is determined to know what happened to this girl that he was having an affair with, um, at some point he makes a comment about how these teen girls and their, their their orgies and their sex parties and stuff, and I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, it's yeah. quite the bold assumption, I love sir. how it
1: just... Pops out, like yeah, that. it's yeah, just like I was they're like, having where did, orgies.
0: Yeah, I was like, Where where did you deduct this from? Like, what? Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, Oh, no, that's that's a very central, yeah, part of the killer's mo. And I guess that was how they chose to introduce it to the plot was just mm-hmm. through these teen girls and their dang orgies.
1: So, this mo, which we are going to spoil because we can't really talk about the rest of this without doing so. So, again, big spoiler warning. Even if you know what's coming, it's worth seeing, but I recommend... Mm-hmm. Watching this flick, yeah, because uh, jallo they're always great if you can see them not knowing what to expect. Yeah,
0: because they always throw shit at you. I it's love, like, wow.
1: I love giving every Jello two watches, yeah, at minimum one to get that like I don't know what's coming whatsoever kind of thing. Whoa, that blew me away. And then once again, so you can sit there and pick through all the details mm-hmm. as the movie's playing.
0: Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that was that was hinting this because like,
1: some of them cheat, I missed that the first like, time cheat so much where it's just mm-hmm. like, wait a second, that doesn't <laughs> work. But the, the best ones, especially, you can just, like, right from the beginning. There's a shot in the third one we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. that on the first watch two you might miss, but I fucking loved mm. how it played out in this. Okay. Anyway, um, so it turns out that Solange ha- got pregnant at a sex party.
0: She's still alive, but she is, like, Trumped. mentally not all there mm-hmm. trauma very traumatized very um, yeah very you have a lot of trauma reactivity happening she can't really talk yeah she she looks like she's not all there
1: in fact the fact that she's still alive I thought was a big part of the twist
0: Mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's one of those she things. she shows up like- and you're like Her
1: name doesn't get dropped until, like, at least halfway through the movie. And the movie is called, other than in the title. Yeah, right. It's dropped right at the start of the title. She's gone from the movie. Yeah, you're like, okay, when is
0: Solange coming
1: in? So her absence is almost like this weird kind of thing hanging over the movie Mm -hmm. where it's just, like, what's going on? Then, as soon as she's finally name dropped in the movie, you're like, holy shit, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she is pregnant or was pregnant pregnant from one of these parties. And so, because they don't want to get found out, the gang, the sex gang of, of uh, schoolgirls take her to get a presumably illegal abortion performed.
0: Supposedly against her will, in the flashback. Yeah. She doesn't look like she doesn't want to be there until, obviously, she's getting, like, you know what... Uh, I want to say back alley, but you know, Nona's kitchen abo- Zia's kitchen abortion with no anesthesia or anything. It's like, yeah, that shit's going to suck. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what it looked like.
1: It's not funny, but. If going to go
0: to Zia's house that and That fucking she'll...
1: phrasing, Nona's kitchen abortion. Like, that's how it fucking looks. Right? And, so, yeah, like, it's, it's not a back alley. I'm, I'm not but trying it's just, to, it's to laugh like, at abortion yeah, no, or like the no. fucked up. Bullshit or that like, goes along yeah, with it. Yeah, the stuff
0: that happens when it's um, not safe and legal and available mm-hmm, on hand. Yeah. These scary shit. But that is that quite the on.
1: phrase you just spun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, that's what it looks like. I go there and it's like, oh yeah, that looks like my like great aunt's. You expect her to bring out like, like- <laughs> a, a
1: basket of focaccia. It's just like, hey, hey! While you guys are waiting, let's just eat some of this delicious. Totally, bread. like, yeah.
0: She's just like in between, be like, oh, you guys hungry? I have some fruit, and then like five minutes later, I made some cake. Five minutes later, do you want some cheese? Like,
1: <laughs> and they have the rack <laughs> of the best wine you'll ever drink, and it's like their no-name brand shit.
0: <laughs> totally. Uh,
1: but anyway, so um, yeah, she had
0: this. She had this abortion done in secret. You know, according to some characters, against her, her will or her mm-hmm. desire. Or- and this was done in order to keep these scandalous teenage Yet activities. Yeah, it's very
1: secret. mixed on whether her how much her well-being actually factors into why it's going down like this. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like at first it's like, oh maybe it's because they they care about her, but then it feels more and more like they just want to keep their secrets secret. Yeah,
0: cuz you think it's like, oh yeah, a you know, girl who hasn't even finished her like liceo studies or whatever the high school equivalent kind of thing she's in probably isn't in a position to have some random dude's baby and probably doesn't want to and Mm -hmm. she's in a country where there's not going to be safe access to it so it's like yeah if you're gonna try and help your buddy out then by all means take her somewhere that you think is safe to do so. To get this done but then so that's kind of how i interpreted it where yeah it was like okay well we you know because abortion has been around as long as pregnancy has been around yeah there's cultures all over the world like in the medieval ages they had you can actually find like cookbooks with various recipes if you talk to um indigenous people they like i know i had um some lectures at the university when i was doing my undergrad talking about you know various um concoctions that could be mixed up whether it was for birth control or for to um illicit. Uh, miscarriage. Right. And stuff like, you know, yeah. they didn't want to be pregnant, they weren't going to be pregnant, but ideally we will do this in the safest,
1: most consensual
0: yeah. and least traumatizing to their body and their psyche circumstances possible. And that is so, not
1: what goes down for Solange. No.
0: And that, that's what we would hope for where it's like, oh, we like, you know, the secret sort of whisper network of we, we know someone who can help kind of thing, but it seems like to help them, not to help her. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. And, uh, so that is what has happened to Solange.
0: And what they have done to Solange.
1: Yeah. And because of that, the killer is therefore targeting them.
0: The girls who did this to Solange.
1: Yeah, and so it's like this kind of misplaced blame, though, because, I mean, not to say that they didn't goad her into it and they're not culpable for that. And they're
0: physically holding her down while this procedure is being done. But it's
1: almost like... The crime was the abortion itself. Yeah. And nothing else. And therefore, these women must be punished.
0: Yeah, like, we don't even know the name of the dude who got her pregnant. It's kind of... It, yeah, there's this implication, like she, these girls she went out and got pregnant. her pregnant. Like <laughs> yeah. there, there wasn't. uh It
1: happened. It just
0: happened, and she brought it. You know, these bitches brought it upon themselves. These stupid girls. She did.
1: She went outside one Wednesday and wasn't wearing a diaphragm when she Total- stepped out the door. Exactly.
0: Unless and- she like tripped and fell onto someone's dick that her friends made her, or not, not even someone's dick. Just a pregnancy causing orgy machine like i don't know but anyway yeah like the sense of blame is entirely on the girls Mm -hmm. there's the the idea of whoever would have gotten her pregnant and in this situation or the people you know the the men who Mm -hmm. would be you know having orgies with these girls are completely absent save for like one scene where one gets confronted by the uh in like the investigator but even then it's not in like a blaming way it's in a just like
1: We need the facts. We
0: need the facts. How do I find her? Like, there's never any punishment, any sense of blame or anything. You know, it's kind of like when they say that sexual double standard of, like, oh, you know, if a girl has sex with a boy, she's a, a floozy or whatever. But if a boy has sex with her, well, girls are, sorry, well, boys will be boys. It's boys like, are
1: studs, girls are studs. Yeah, and it's like,
0: well, who who are boys being boys with? Like, mm. if it's okay for boys to be boys, then, and we assume this is going to happen, then, like, are these girls that they be boys with, because this is all heterosexual, of course, are they just, like...
1: They don't matter. It's full stop. They don't matter. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But it's just, like, are they, like, do we just assume that they are, like, some fucking, like, apparitions that appear? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really stupid. And if you actually, like, pull any one little string of the so-called logic behind it, it just falls the fuck apart. It
1: unravels, yeah. So
0: quickly, with no effort.
1: But, yeah, so, uh, coerced abortion side like, that's not some little thing to just brush no, off. Absolutely not. That said, it feels like that's almost irrelevant to the killer's MO, so much as the abortion having taken place. Mm-hmm. And because of that, these women, these girls that were complicit are therefore targeted and killed in this really cruel manner um, almost to make a point out of what happened to Solange. What
0: was done to Solange. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's always it's like a
0: recreation of the violence that was done mm-hmm. to her body in terms of... In,
1: like, the most over-the-top crass way you possibly could. Yes. And I don't mean that to downplay what happened to Slaunch. No, Squanch.
0: no. But there's a... Di- yeah, there, there is a difference between, like... Especially if she, you know, had some consent in it. Because I think that, yeah, anything that would force someone who is pregnant and wants to be pregnant to no longer be pregnant is violence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's intruding on their, their bodily See, that's autonomy.
1: that's The thing I got um, is I don't know how much she wanted to be pregnant. Like, yeah, I don't we, think we, that and was it's, it's unclear. the issue of coercion. Yeah. I think the issue of coercion was her not wanting to go through with this procedure. Perti- In this yes. way. Yeah. Um, The other stuff is very ambiguous, and I don't mean, I don't say that to, like, therefore take the girls who forced her through this off the hook for doing so. No, but, so. but
0: it, it is very unclear. But,
1: like, yeah, there's a lot of uh ambiguity to what is happening, other than the fact that these girls cruelly made her go through this thing to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and then this killer cruelly killed off the girls because what that thing was, was such a moral...
0: And because a long-lasting yeah. effect it had on Solange. Mm-hmm. And how she's just she's not herself anymore.
1: Yeah, so I can appreciate the revenge side of it, sure. but there still is this very overbearing abortion is evil. Yeah, it's
0: exactly it's a it's a the the fact that the act took place at all seems to be the the key issue that the killer has.
1: But that's the thing about this movie is I don't know if that makes the movie itself misogynistic because mm-hmm. the movie is very much that is the killer that is the bad guy yeah. that is who's killing these women in yeah. this way. So. We're not supposed to get this revelation and go like, "Oh, so he did nothing wrong." Yeah,
0: yeah. Like that's
1: not the takeaway from this movie at all. So it's but I could also see some people
0: taking away like, "Well, can you blame him?" I mean, come on. Yeah. So it's kind of it, it
1: very much muddies those waters. Yeah, it's
0: ambiguous at best.
1: Yeah, but even if you decided to listen to this without having seen it, I would say it's still worth seeing. Yeah, uh, I've seen this multiple times, and I think it's a really well-constructed Jallo. You just have to sort of, um, still yourself for it a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, it's not visually more graphic than any other Jallo I've seen. In fact, it's restrained compared to some. Yeah, that that's That said, conceptually, it is very disturbing.
0: Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Um,
1: Yeah. Like, it may not be visually graphic in the same way, but the shot of the x-ray of the corpse with the knife stuck in her pelvis, that was hard to stomach.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: Anyway, so we did watch other movies. Mm -hmm. Movie number two, Torso by Sergio Martino. (laughs) Uh, This was also a first-time watch for you. Yep. What'd you think of this one?
0: I liked it. It was definitely... um... I think there were parts of it where it wasn't didn't seem quite as clear cut, maybe in terms of like what was going on right. as some of the other like flicks I've seen mm-hmm. do, but I mean co- weird convoluted plots where shit happens just because is also like not uncommon in yeah. these movies. This so. movie is
1: almost broken up into acts, Yeah. Or two the, separate parts. Right. Like, yeah. Um the basic premise that we get is there's this killer brutally murdering women at this college. Like uh, a few women have been murdered.
0: And, like, he, like, cuts up their bodies to an extent... Or, like, cuts yeah. into them.
1: Yeah, mutilates them. Uh, eye gougings. Yes, for, I,
0: that, that was a big one, yeah. Um, he gets some eye gougings.
1: Very thematically so, but it is... Uh, yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of the first half. And the second half is a group of women going to a villa in the countryside or off a small town to get out of town while these murders are going. Yeah, it's a group so of students. So split it's, that kind yeah. of happens. It's
0: almost like this sort of, like not spring break, but almost like, oh, this scary stuff is happening in Rome where, you know, to women at our university, let's, let's get the hell out of Dodge for a week or a weekend Mm -hmm. or something until this all blows over kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There was something you mentioned about memory on the last one and how we falsely construct based on Mm -hmm. what deals details were important. And for this movie, that makes me think of the guy's like neckerchief, his ascot kind of thing. Where there's this prominent clue, this guy, the, the the killer, strangles one of the victims using this uh, very distinctly patterned neckerchief thing, and then memories over who was wearing it and the actual pattern. So
0: say you know the police that this is what was used. If you yeah. have seen anyone wearing this, you need to tell us right away.
1: And I noticed on a second time watch that there's a major character who is wearing it in one of the first scenes they appear in mm. however there's a later turn that's like wait a second his one was red on black whereas the uh one that was used was a similar pattern but black on red right and it does that sort of red herring flip where if you're eagle-eyed enough you see the the neckerchief and you're like wait i recognize that mm-hmm. but then you realize it was actually an inverted right. version of that yeah and it doesn't come out till later that there's this flip. He's kind of like a suspect until you realize that it was the wrong neckerchief and he's yeah, and, summarily picked off. <laughs>
0: yes. And that, that talking about the, um, the unreliable memory and the sort of significance you associate with it, the girl who is mainly convinced that he must be the killer because he has this particular scarf... Like, he creeps her out, like, she's kind of, So, the meaning she associates and the significance is that she already thinks that he is an unsavory character.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: I mean, obviously, like, of course, you'd misremember a scarf like that. That's very distinctly patterned, but literally just an inversion of the colors. Yeah. But she already had that inclination towards seeing him as guilty of being, you know, a fucking creep to women. Yep. So, it makes sense that her mind would be even that much more inclined to misremember that and, and to... Or remember it in such a way that implicates him as guilty of the crimes. Right. Because that's just... Yeah, that's the meaning that her mind has picked yeah, from it, so yeah. that's how she encodes the memory, and that's just how it gets Yeah, so when the suggestion
1: of the memory hits yeah. her, it's just, like, it's oh, like shit. it comes together, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's a faulty memory, but yeah. she's so dead set Yeah. Until because this is what is congruent
0: with her worldview, with yeah. her yeah, with everything, and that's just how memory works And it isn't works.
1: until something else, like, jars the memory loose that she realizes, wait a second yeah. <laughs> it was the other way around It was the
0: inverted colors and yeah. the, or the reverse pattern, whatever you so want to So it, it's yeah.
1: kind of a I thought it was kind of a cool, but very I don't want to say typical, but I can't think of the right word for like it's very jollo. Mm-hmm. It's very fucking jollo to have this kind of memory reversal. Very, thing.
0: Uh, genre conventional, yeah, I
1: guess? yeah, yeah, but yeah, this movie, the reason I liked it a lot and wanted to watch it with you is I think the final third of it is such a tense mm-hmm. thriller scene. It is where um basically these three women go to this villa. And they are joined by a fourth woman later. Mm-hmm. And the fourth woman unfortunately twists her ankle and is bedridden for much of it. And while she's bedridden, someone comes in and kills the three women. And the killer comes. The in. The killer, with his, yes, you
0: know, gloves and all this. Yep, very much, he much jello killer. Do um, the action.
1: And the fourth woman wakes up while he's disposing of the women, and he's unaware that she's there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she showed up later, and there's all this talk, like, the three women at the villa, and then some other person's like, no, there were four women there, and it's, like, part of the mystery. Yeah. It's how she got skipped, and there's just a super tense sort of sequence where she's, tr- she's injured, she can't yeah, she's like, go very around. far, she can't escape the villa because the guy's downstairs, like, Sawing up these women. Yeah.
0: And the villa itself is like up on the top of the hill, sort of above town, so it's yeah. already kind of isolated. Yes. We and get this great scene where she's like shining a reflective.
1: Yeah, she's got the mirror out yeah, the window. Out the
0: window, hoping that the light will catch someone's eye down in the town, and mm-hmm. maybe someone will come up and see, like, hey, what the hell is going on up there? Yeah. I should investigate. So yeah, that that definitely it has that isolation element, even though the town is right there, but it's yeah. just up enough that it adds that extra layer of danger. and yeah. fear that because, you know, half the people don't even realize there was a fourth woman there. Yeah. It's like, what will happen to her? But yeah, so it's
1: this cool kind of like climax, like third act that plays like a cat and mouse, but mm-hmm. the cat doesn't even know that there's a mouse yet
0: kind of thing. Like and the it's mouse just, is very aware and is trying to keep as low of a profile yeah. as possible while still surviving.
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, It's a really tense thriller. It takes a little while to get to that point. Mm -hmm. But the lead up to that point is a lot of women being naked and sunning themselves and getting dressed in front of each other and... And one
0: lady being really flirtatious with another lady.
1: Yeah, so there is a heaping of quote-unquote female sexuality.
0: (laughs) Sexualization For, would be the thing.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, yes. Hence the quote unquote, and yeah. also the well, yeah. If you, if you quote unquote heteronormatively
0: view female sexuality as being gazed at and being an object yeah. to be fucked, then very much lots of female yes. sexuality. I definitely
1: happening. mean in that cliche yeah. way, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's just like the movies heaped with that mm-hmm. up until the turn where it turns into this really taut thriller kind of thing. Yeah, and it is kind of hard to separate the two, where we are watching this movie. um, that is a bit oversexed, even by Jello standards. Mm-hmm. And then it's going
0: into a lot more like sex exploitation territory, yeah, almost yeah, like yeah, yeah. light sexploitation, exploitation, but
1: Sexploitation exploitation nonetheless. Yeah.
0: And then all, yeah, all of a sudden, bang! It's a, it's a thriller. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but the killer is targeting women throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing, and it very much is their so-called womanhood, femininity, or sexuality that he is after, because. Uh, anytime he attacks them, they're usually with some dude, mm-hmm. or in one case, running away from a dude who's yeah. being gross, um, and the, the men get dispatched very quickly, or just waits for them to be out of the picture, right. so he can focus his cruelties on the women. Yeah,
0: the, the men are either killed out because they're an inconvenience, or yeah. like you said, they just, he waits for them to go away, and not yeah. be around to witness, or yeah. anything.
1: And uh, it's the finale flashback where we realize that it was because of some almost like weird primal scene from his youth. But rather than being watching sex, it's him being a creep towards some girl. And then. And like,
0: a, like little like they're kids. Yeah, they're, they're all kids. kids yeah. But
1: yeah, being a creep towards some kid. And uh, is it his friend or his brother I or think something? It's his brother. Gets knocked off the cliff or falls and dies
0: yeah and this just like encodes onto his like love map or whatever (laughs) yeah because
1: he's just like oh i'm gonna creep on this this girl yeah and then oh my brother died therefore therefore girls are evil because they were attempting to creep and in doing so he slipped and died yeah and therefore their attraction to their perception of what femininity is therefore results in death Yeah. yeah
0: Results in, and specifically, like, men's, or boys, and in, male-coded individuals' deaths. Yes. Therefore, girls and women are evil sirens who use their sexuality as a weapon to harm the men's, and they need to be dispatched because of it.
1: Because the men is not plural enough. The <laughs>
0: men's. It's not plural enough because I wanted to make sure that my sarcasm was heard.
1: I think they heard it. Yeah. I heard it, so that's I for I like sure. to think
0: so. If you didn't hear my sarcasm, let me know. I can try and dial it up a notch next episode.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is probably one of uh, Sergio Martino's more well-known mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, so the Italian title for this movie is... It translates... It's great, because the Italian title splashes onto the screen. Like
0: several words long. <laughs> and
1: the subtitle's just torso. Yeah. But the Italian title translates to the bodies, or the corpses... Show signs. Show signs of, of, of carnal cold. violence. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a great little bit of translation there. Yes. One it's kind of my-
0: kinda like when you watch the uh, the Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, how the Swedish title pops up, which means men who hate women, and then the subtitle's like, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I love that. That always happens with, like, movies that have different like, translated I always titles. think <laughs> of the
1: Umberto Lenzi Jello eyeball, because the Italian title is like red cats in a glass labyrinth. <laughs> and then it's eyeball! English eyeball. <laughs> yeah, direct translation yeah. My dudes. yeah. <laughs> um, we watched a third movie. We did. We watched one of my all-time favorite Jalo movies, and it's very atypical for Jalo. But this is yes. Lucio Fulci's "Don't Torture a Duckling."
0: And I had seen this. You one had before. seen this. This was a rewatch. This was not a
1: first-time watch. What did you think of this one?
0: I like this one a lot. It's like you said, it's very atypical. So yeah. it's um refreshing it not not that i think the the genre itself is stale or like. yeah
1: i was gonna say given how many you've seen if it was already stale at this point this would not be the genre no
0: (laughs) i don't so yeah i don't mean refreshing in a way that implies that the other ones are just like all cookie cutter the same or like stale or anything but so often it's you know they're in big cities they involve really classy you know fashion models and stuff this isn't a rural location really different and it involves very much like
1: Good country people. Yeah, good
0: country people. Like, I, you know, even some of the main characters are like, we're poor people. We People know we don't have money. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, because there's a blackmail plot at one mm-hmm. point, and they're just yeah. like, we, we, we're poor. And they're like, what we're do they like, say? We have this useless land and two pieces of bread. Yeah,
0: they're like, we're poor. Like, we're, we're fucking, like, peasants. Like mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a very different, not only setting, but very different, um like, set of characters. right and just like experience overall mm-hmm. so i think that's really interesting and it still works incredibly well because as much as we associate it with like a jalo in london or berlin or rome yeah. or new york or something it's like no the like tuscan umbrian whatever it is countryside works just as well yeah if you can work with it you know yeah. which this movie does really well
1: yeah for sure It doesn't use the same trope so much. Like, we don't get the black-loved killer Mm -hmm. skulking around. We don't get the menacing phone calls. We don't have red herring after red herring so much as, like the misdirections are because the plot is heading in that direction Mm -hmm. and there's like a switch that happens as opposed to just like i can't quite remember blah blah blah
0: totally it's the plot yeah so it's like very. it's like the plot
1: follows then maybe like the investigation doesn't pan out but another Mm -hmm. clue comes up like a new clue and right
0: no if anything um like i said without the black gloves and stuff if anything it almost reminded me more of like the very first friday the 13th where you kind of have the killer's perspective and you see the victim and are the, the soon to be victim. And yep. they kind of had that recognition like, Oh, it's you. Or, Oh, what are you doing yeah, here? Right, right, and right. then you're like, Oh, so it's someone they know, but who is it? Who could yeah, it be? Yeah, yeah. Like they, you know, it's a small town. Everyone knows everyone. Like it could mm-hmm. be anybody. So I love I yeah. that about it.
1: Yeah, no, that was definitely cool. So plot on this one is, do you want to go for this one? Or?
0: Sure. We have, um, somebody starts killing young boys. Mm-hmm. like I don't know, maybe like nine so the age, age nine group, to group is uh yeah they're not, they're not uh sexy ladies
1: yeah they are a- literal children yeah. and it's
0: not like you know where you have adults playing teenagers or something these are literally they're, kids they're, kids. they're yeah. kids they look you know i, I know in one of the first scenes where they're like smoking a cigarette i was like those are babies like yeah. what are they doing
1: it's like I thought Sleepaway Camp was the ultimate having kids playing kids, and mm. it's just like, nope, forgot about Don't Torture duck Yeah,
0: yeah, no, those, these, are, these are children. Like, they yeah. look like they're, like, you know, eight or this somewhere between, like, eight and ten, maybe? would be fucking
1: weird if there was, like, 20-something <laughs> Italians playing the kids. Like, hey, Mom, I'm gonna go to school and play some football. <laughs> it's got, you like, know, a luckily, we don't have that. shadow.
0: <laughs> no, we have actual kids playing kids. Mm. And, of course, because this is a very small, very tight-knit, very family-oriented kind of community they are quite shocked by this violence and who's doing this. And even the police several times mentioned, like, yeah, they, the people are getting very antsy. They're getting, getting very upset. They need a culprit.
1: Mm-hmm. So this
0: its already said, like, you know, you get some movies where... Like we were talking about the other ones where almost this idea of femininity or feminine sexuality is sort of inherently scapegoated and it's implied without being outright stated. Whereas in this, it's, there's, they're acknowledging verbally, like, yeah, these people, they need a culprit or a scapegoat. They need somebody to blame for this. Yes. And if we don't find someone soon enough, they're going to find someone themselves yep. and shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was another interesting thing where usually mm-hmm. there's some kind of like You know, whether it's the killer's motive, there's always something that's sort of, like, scapegoated or given as, like, a a reason, but it's very, like, implicit.
1: Yeah, there's, like, a sense of awareness. Yeah, but it's not
0: necessarily verbalized or stated, whereas in this case it's explicitly, like, you know, there's a boogeyman out there and we need to find him or else some poor sap is gonna get fucking, like, you know pitchforks and torches yeah going after him with no evidence because he looked at someone the wrong way or something so there's that sense of urgency and of, of um trying to keep the peace in the t- in the town because yeah yeah even in um like with the university one and like the previous one we talked about torso yeah torso these girls are like they're panicking but you don't get the sense that the whole community is up in panic it's yeah. just specifically the, like, oh, we happen to fit the demographic. Yeah, we're that the, being
1: targeted, therefore yeah, we should girls panic. Girls are being targeted, yeah. so we
0: should panic, whereas this is, like, the whole town, the yeah. whole community is, like, we're under attack, like... Someone is, you know, attacking us and, like, our, our children. These are the center of yeah. our community. These are the future. They're, so if they're under attack, we're all under attack.
1: Which is interesting because given how it's just, like, similar crimes to any other giallo, but mm-hmm. because of the victim pool, all of a sudden the stakes are just so much different for everyone. Absolutely. It's just, like, they're no longer these disposable, quote-unquote, giant quote-unquote, loose women. Yeah, it's, and um, that I,
0: I think it really speaks to the Italian context, too, because mm-hmm. Italy's still very stuck on this... Uh, Madonna whore dichotomy where women are either like to be venerated the mothers the like you know I um with that le- lecture on Italian swearing we attended and we get to attend another one on Monday oh I'm excited yeah um he pointed out the word like the word motherfucker or some equivalent does not exist in Italian and if you tried to say that they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about because mothers are like on a pedestal yeah. But if you're... So I don't want to say virgin whore, because you hear a lot of the time, virgin whore dichotomy. But other than, you know, the Virgin Mary, if you're a mother, you can't be a virgin, hypothetically. Yeah. Again, these are these assumptions of what, how a baby is made. So instead you get this Madonna, where it's this this this, uh, this mother figure who is... who's she's, said she's, the venerated she's, mother. She's venerated, yeah. yeah, this venerated mother who is, yes, she has had sex, but... She probably doesn't anymore. Her life is all... is her kids. She did what she had to do to have her children. You know, that kind of idea where she's not sexualized the same way these loose women... Yeah. These dis, who are disposable, who are just, like, fuck them and chuck them kind of objects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, 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 which you see a lot in the, in the Jolly, where it's like, yeah, she's pretty to look at, but... She was a slut, so she doesn't matter. Yeah, it
1: happened. It happened,
0: and she probably should have seen it coming and maybe not have been such a hoe. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, in this case, it's, it's the children and not just the children, it's the boys. The boy
1: children. The boy
0: children. So this is just outrageous. It is an attack on our humanity on our everything we know to be true and we are really fired up about this
1: which is interesting because the thing that spurs them into action at the end is that it is the girl child that's that is true. in trouble that's true that finally gets well it doesn't finally but like yeah. they finally they figure they finally figured it out right and then it's the girl child that's in trouble but they're like oh god we have to stop this from happening again
0: yeah and because that's interesting because on the one hand like a lot of the times girls are seen as more disposable but at the same time it depends on where you like how you're going about it because they can also be seen as like Extra innocent and extra mm-hmm. pure because they haven't been tainted by puberty and sexuality yet, and they are just the epitome of innocence. And, and then
1: this kid is dumb, as in she can't speak. I was gonna say, and she's, she's, she's also disabled, six so... year old with the mind of a three year old, as they put so, it in the movie. Yes, yeah, so she, so... so
0: I was gonna say that might be an exception too, is because she is so much more vulnerable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they acknowledge like she, you know, she was just born this way, and like we need to protect her kind of thing. So there's that extra sense of vulnerability in that, yep. but which is. Again, you don't always get that with disabled characters because on on some cases it's like, oh, well, because they're not a, you know, quote-unquote fully formed person or whatever, they don't matter as much as an able-bodied, able-minded person. Whereas in this case, I think the the youth, like her being so young combined with that made her, gave that sense of like paternalism and that like we need to protect her, which you don't always get for characters that are just one or the other.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, that's a good point. That it's the... uh, it's not just boys who are being targeted throughout the entire, for, for most of the movie. It is for pretty much the entire movie. But the very sort of last, kind of, the kid that disappears that they don't know what happened. It, it is a girl.
1: Yeah. But as the topic of the day is uh, women being femininity. attacked. And the attack on femininity. Um, there's a couple reasons I picked this movie, even though it's ostensibly a movie where young boys are being attacked. Is because, for one, the scapegoats that come up. Mm-hmm. We kind of have two at work in here. One is played by uh, Barbara Boucher, and she is this metropolitan, more typical of a Giallo kind of character. Who yeah, she's, she's, she's from
0: Turin or Milan or something, yeah. and she's in this, like, you know armpit town some which feels so funny to describe because all towns in italy are fucking beautiful so but but yeah she's out in the sticks yeah (laughs) she's like what the Um, fuck am i doing here
1: but she has this uh secret she's trying to hide which is that she's a drug addict and Mm -hmm. she was trying to score the night of the one of the murders and she's kind of thrown up as a suspect because of that
0: yeah because she won't tell anyone where she's been and she's very like secretive and she's keeps saying oh i well i was doing this or i was doing this and her story keeps changing and so she's suspicious yeah but She's an
1: outsider, she's a drug addict, and on top of that, they talk about how the town is so pure because they don't stock certain kind of magazines at the newsstand, mm-hmm. that's one thing, and then one guy comments, like, uh, I think Thomas Mill- Million comments, oh, you don't need these kind of lewd magazines when you've got women like her around, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's sort of, even though... Well, that's not true. There's the scene where she's lounging naked. Yes, yeah, so the, the, or in introduction, and to <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, the introduction to her. Yeah, the introduction where she's lounging completely nude in this room, being fucking weird and creepy as shit. Yeah, to, to, to one kid. of the young boys.
0: be um, like, oh, you want to fuck me, don't you? And it's like, ew. After honey.
1: that, she doesn't have sex with anyone. No. She doesn't make sexual. Well, I guess there's that weird relationship going on with the reporter, but it's so ambiguous as to what that relationship is. And I guess
0: with the, the, the magician, too, maybe, but.
1: Even that feels yeah, so ambiguous. It's, it's so like, hard like to say. it's more like
0: flirtatious almost. It's not like anything. There's nothing carnal happening. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but she is seen as like because of her her uh, physicality and her stuff. physicality,
0: her cosmopolitan upbringing. Yeah. She, she's yeah, she's very much this foreign influence that is in some ways tainting the mm-hmm. the you know the good country elements of the town. Yeah.
1: And then on the other hand, we have Florinda Balkin's, uh, Balkins' character. She plays the witch.
0: Yes, she who's called the witch, beca- and she's called, she's the witch because she is the son, the daughter, or no, the daughter or the niece. She's the niece of, I think,
1: of the magician. Of the
0: magician. So therefore, she must be a witch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And notice how he seems so venerated, as in, like, people come from Sicily just to see him and all that stuff, whereas she is, like, an outsider relegated to the backwoods. Yeah,
0: and it speaks to that sort of, like, professionalization of stuff where certain things that are considered feminine are devalued. So you have, for example, women cook, men Men are are chefs.
1: chefs. I was just about to go to that example. And stuff
0: like that, where it's, like, when women do it, it's this, like, uncompensated labor that's just, like... Well, yeah, the fact that it it's, goes generally uncompensated it speaks to how devalued it is. It's just assumed yeah. that this is what they're going to do because this is women's work. But then when men do it, it becomes venerated. It becomes elevated. It becomes mm-hmm. professional and competitive and just like this thing to be like, oh, over. So he's a magician who performs and is professional whereas she's this weird chick who just like,
1: lives in the woods, in and, the does woods and likes to
0: like fuck around with the dirt and like dolls and stuff so i
1: love 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 how there is that uh voodoo imagery almost like with the the dolls and the pins like, like it that has our that white s- people voodoo yeah that white people voodoo doll kind of thing going on but it's so wrapped up in catholicism to that is so that it's just like she swears on jesus christ and like when she shows up in the church she does the sign of the cross and like yeah. it's almost like she's hyper-religious. Totally, yeah, and, and it's, uh,
0: it's funny because it, it doesn't seem like she's trying to do that to compensate for... And mm-hmm. it doesn't even come off as a, compensa- like a compensating thing. It feels thing. very
1: genuine. It
0: does. And so if anything, it seems more like one of Fulci's amazing like fuck yous to the Catholic Church. Where like, oh, oh you Fulci, guys burned witches? I'm going to give you a Catholic fucking witch and you can't do anything about it. Everyone just accepts it for what it is. Because that was another thing I thought was really interesting was that the how the police mm-hmm. are like, she's not a fucking witch. Like, can we just get over this like superstitious bullshit that we have here because you think that they would be the first ones to be like hey we have we have a scapegoat let's go with it and this yeah, is a yeah the are so
1: atypical they're in this so, movie they're too. so level
0: headed they're like they're like this is ridiculous you know she she confesses to the murders and then when her story doesn't seem right they're like hold on She's like, well, confess, just throw me in jail. That like, no, doesn't seem that right. Doesn't, that's not enough. We need to know, we need to get to the bottom of this. Like, they don't just yeah. accept, like, here's a weird woman that everyone hates that we can blame, so let's just do it, you know, wrap it up, it's all over, it's good. They're actually, mm-hmm. like, critical and... Not just of, like, critically thinking, but also critical about this idea of, like, she's a witch, she's evil, she's this. They're like, this is superstition, this is bullshit, can we please get... Like, what's that comment that one guy makes at some point where he's like, you know, we can build highways, we can do all these things, but we still can't get over these stupid fucking superstitions yeah. that make no mm-hmm. sense. So that that was really interesting. I thought it was, yeah, just how atypical the cops are, they're not just going to accept stuff at face value yep. for the sake of wrapping up the case or whatever, mm-hmm. and how aware they were of, like, we need to do this right so we can not have a witch hunt essentially of the witch or of anybody else for that matter.
1: I think that's uh, definitely a great point on that. And um, the witch character kind of leads into the other moment of uh, the attack on uh, femininity Mm -hmm. or one of the other ones is that it reaches the point where they attack her and kill her. Yeah just a
0: group of men. Yeah they they decide that she's guilty so they very violently, just like Beater to death. Beater yeah. to death, yeah, exactly. And then when she's doing her sort of like death rattle, like trying to get to help essentially, you just see all these cars driving right past all her. All these
1: people going on the hallway. You have this yeah.
0: bloody woman who looks like she's been absolutely brutalized on the side of the road trying to reach up for help and all these cars are just driving by like she's like just nothing. like she's garbage. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was a really Powerful moment, yeah. <laughs> which is one of those yeah moments where, where this whole thing you you have that debate like oh is Fulci a misogynist or is he being really critical yeah of what he sees in Italian society towards women yeah which you have the the critical elements expressed verbally by by the police by the you know various people in town saying like yeah okay she's a witch whatever but like black magic can not actually do anything like even the kids themselves who are saying this are more like, logical than some of the adults, yep. where they say, oh, the witch is dead, we're fine, I'm like, uh, no, a witch didn't do that, the killer's still out there. Yeah,
1: the kids not, are talking Yeah, the kids about are saying, that.
0: like, we're not safe just because the witch is dead, like, yeah. <laughs> she didn't do anything.
1: It's funny, this would be an interesting foil to a later Fulci movie, which we will come to on a later episode, mm. uh, The New York Ripper, which is, like, the stalwart for Italian misogyny right. kind of thing, like that is this movie Mm. in a nutshell. So this is kind of like an interesting foil to that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, That scene where she gets beaten to death, Mm -hmm. I want to say I guarantee... Maybe he's said as such, but there is no way that Quentin Tarantino has not seen this movie and was not inspired by that scene with how it's filmed, scored, directed. It just feels like Absolutely. Like the way they roll up and the guy turns the radio on his car and is playing like some Italian pop music lively thing Mm -hmm. as they corner her and beat her and then it turns into this slow, kind of like sad, like almost like dirge that's playing.
0: Right. Totally. It
1: felt so much like this would have been an inspirational moment for Tarantino and Mm -hmm. that kind of sort of like nineties postmodern filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I can see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess another sort of scapegoat that we, interestingly in this one, we don't see it. We just hear it mentioned is this idea of, um, these women that hang around that these orphan boys go to see in this, in this abandoned house and stuff. Right,
1: because there was that scene at the start where the boys are like super excited to go
0: and like peep on peep the
1: sex on workers. The sex worker. it's it's wow. These boys, they know that this these sex workers are coming to to get with some of the farmer dudes, mm. and they're all like, "Oh man, yeah, yeah!" Like she's going to go see male, big titties, big jazz. ass. Hell yeah! And they're so stoked to do that. And then they see this older pervert watching, yeah, and they like an shame that pervert yeah. for being he's a like, pervert. He's a
0: peeper. He's a peeper. Yeah,
1: and it's like, oh, so when the kids do it, it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then they because boys else.
1: will be boys yes but yeah.
0: men oh no he should know better yeah so that that's an interesting version and then i guess another um thing that's so yeah you have this this fear of like these young boys they're just kids and what are they doing going to see see these questionable women in these questionable locations and this idea that they're because they're children and they're visually children as well mm. it's not that sort of liminal teenage in puberty kind of thing like they're very much children they're quote unquote innocent that they're being corrupted Mm
1: -hmm.
0: by these women who again they're not other than at the beginning there they're not visible Mm -hmm. so that's very this sort of like absent referent thing happening where like they're they're the corrupting influence but they're not explicitly there right so that being said their absence is so interesting because in the previous movies we see that this contaminating femininity female sexuality whatever you want to call it is what is being scapegoated and punished directly Mm -hmm. and killed and dispatched and disposed of Whereas in this case, it's the boys themselves who are pursuing this, who are being punished. Yeah. For so so now now it's it's um you know almost like the opposite of what ha- what have you done to Solange, mm-hmm. where the girls are punished for engaging in this stuff with with the boys who are absent. In this case, it's the boys who are being punished for engaging with the women who are absent, or mostly absent.
1: Yes. Like because the plot, mm-hmm. the the twist here, Which um, is and again spoilers. Is it turns out the priest is killing the boys because they he wants to preserve their innocence, yeah. And they're
0: corrupted, and and the thing that corrupts
1: them is womanhood and femininity that's the thing he's trying to preserve them from,
0: yeah, and protect them. They're in their immortal
1: souls. And on this note, I would just like to mention because I wanted I said I wanted to come back to this shot, there is that shot. They're at the funeral for one of the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Barbara Boucher is there in the hall kind of watching from the flanks. The witch, uh, Florinda Balkan has just walked in. Yes. She's done the sign of the cross, yeah. and then all of a sudden, the mother of the deceased child suddenly screams, "The killer's here! I know the yeah, killer's here!" I can here. sense I can it. Sense I feel it. it.
0: He's here. The camera
1: pans, but stops on the priest. I noticed
0: that. Yeah, and then
1: keeps going, but it's done in this way that it's not super obvious the first time. Because because the it.
0: priest kind of steps out and he starts looking he's around, looking, so you think that he's like, just like, "Oh my God, where is this guy who's killing yeah. these boys that I work with? Like, I'm gonna fucking..." But yeah, she
1: says, "The killer's here. I know it." First thing we see is the camera whipped the priest, and then it just keeps on whipping past to look at the two women. And I fucking love that shot, because on a second time viewing, it's just like they're spelling it out yeah, for they're, you. They're, they are just they're like, dangling it in The your killer's face. here. Yep. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> because I think at the very beginning, until I kind of sort of resituated from seeing some of the scenes, like, oh yeah, that's this movie that I, I didn't for sure remember who the killer was. Right. I thought I had an idea, but I was like, oh, I, I'm not actually confident in that. But by that point, I was like, I see it. It is, like, it is him. It's the so, priest, yeah. It's the priest. Yeah, that's so good.
1: But yeah, so this priest, he's killing the boys because... Femininity and their lust of it is corrupting them.
0: Yeah, so they need to be saved from themselves, really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that that's an interesting twist on this, because uh, yeah, usually it's it's the the loose women and their corrupting yeah. influence that needs to be disposed, and then that needs to be removed. The
1: reason he goes after the girl at the end is because she saw something, mm-hmm. and it's to silence her, because people are like, "Oh, she's a girl; she can't talk; she doesn't know better." And then he even says, "Like, no, she knows." She is more aware than we give her credit for. She yeah. knows what's going on. And you think on. he's
0: being helpful. Like, yeah. he's like, well, yeah, we can get the answers from her. But really, that's, like... It's
1: his excuse for wanting to silence her.
0: Yeah. Even though she's already silent.
1: So it's kind of like that thing, like, in Torso, where he kills the dudes just to get them out of the way. And
0: to not ha- leave any witnesses. Yeah. It's like,
1: that is what happens when he encounters this girl. It's like, oh, I just can't leave witnesses.
0: Yeah. But of course, he's does it in this way. That's like, you're going back to God now, sweetheart. and Yeah. Um, it's almost framed in that really like ableist, like, I'm going to put you out of your misery because yeah. this is no life worth living. And it's like, why don't you ask the person who's living the life? Yep. Because you probably, as an able-bodied person, have a way lower lowered perception of how uh, how nice her life is compared to yep. the person actually living it.
1: Yeah. Which,
0: yeah, if you... It's, it's a whole other can of worms that's worth looking into. If that's one day I do to want to do. do
1: an episode on disability and horror movies. Oh, yes. Uh, be we amazing. need to still kind of curate a cool watch mm-hmm. list for this. So not sure when that episode will come about. But that has... We're
0: open to suggestions. Yeah,
1: we definitely are. Because that episode was one of the ones that I, I think we pitched when we first came up with the idea we of like, doing a, do podcast. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. was an early one. So. Critical
0: disability studies episode. I think
1: that'd be a good one to do. I think so. Cool. So, of the three, do you have a favorite?
0: Hmm, I think don't torture a duckling just because it's it's unusual and it does that so well mm. that I think it's a real really solid overall.
1: It's funny in just about any other lineup, I'd probably say Solange, but yeah. because Duckling's in yeah. this, it's Duckling. <laughs> duckling is <laughs> one, yeah. one of my. I was gonna say movies. I did like Solange
0: more than Torso for sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I it, yeah, if it was the more conventional jo- Jolly, I'd probably pick Solange. Yeah. But you know, d- Duckling is a it's a
1: that said, I it's appreciated its own, torso like, a lot more this time than I did the first I do time. Need, I would watch it, again, and a large sure. part of that is the final act is just like I loved yeah, it the first time tense, around, but oh, it is choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I suppose it's that time. The recommendation time for time. recommendations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you recommending this week?
0: So I, I don't want to pick something that we've talked about already. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, I don't know what to do. So, but um, something that has been on my mind, I guess, for the last week and a bit is um, True Blood. True Blood. Because on St. Patrick's Day which was a Sunday, we went over to my Nona's house for lunch and I figured in case she was in a pinchy mood, I should probably wear green.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I could see, I, get, I mean, I don't think she, honestly, I don't think she was even aware of what day it was until we mentioned it. But. I
1: didn't realize that it was that <laughs> but, <day. laughs> but that being
0: said, it's like knowing her, if she does know, she will totally pinch us if we're not wearing green. Mm-hmm. So the only green shirt that I had was a uh, Merlot's Bar and Grill shirt that I got back in like high school from Hot right. Topic. So Troublet has been kind of on my mind being like, oh yeah, that I, I like, because I think also thinking Um, talking to people recently about the L word and how there hasn't really been any like super queer shows since then. I was like, True Blood was hella queer. Right. So anyway, um, but on this topic of punishing femininity that we see as being transgressive sexually in some way, the first season of True Blood, I think would be a good recommendation if you want to do, you know, revisit some late 2000s early 2010s hbo realness
1: cool cool cool. yeah
0: and um what they do with it like it's definitely in a i think a, a critical more subversive way they're not just showing it and being like yeah these these women deserve to die and right it's like yeah i don't get any of that from it so it's it's one of it's one of those cases where i think you know misogyny is obviously being portrayed but it's not being portrayed as like good or even neutral right or just a fact of life or whatever it's very much like investigated and like we need to do something about this and change these norms that Mm. are enabling this to take place
1: right cool so yeah
0: first season of true blood
1: i've only seen through any of this stuff once uh and first season especially it was a long time ago Mm -hmm. so i would definitely be game for watching we should do like a
0: true blood rewatch and do like an episode one of these days because i bet there's a ton to talk about
1: right probably Let's keep that on our, our. That'd be fun. Let's okay. Keep that on our mind. We'll yeah. Let's
0: Let's yeah. Pack that back. Just tuck that away in the file folder. The filing cabinet, the cabinet that, that is, is our my brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Your recommendation. My
1: recommendation is be a movie that has the veneer of uh, violence against women mm. as kind of thing, because uh, when you get into the deeper who done it and why kind of thing, it doesn't. I don't think I would deconstruct it in the same way that I deconstruct the movies that we talked about today. Fair enough. But it is a classic Jallo. It involves a modeling agency where models are being attacked. This is of course Mario Bava's 1964 Blood and Black Lace. Nice. Which is considered not the first Jollo, but the Jallo that kind of set the style. Like right. this is where you've got the mass killer with the black gloves, the variety of murder implements. The beautiful women being targeted, the color palettes, the soundtrack, like everything we associate with Jallo aesthetically mm-hmm. came from this so movie. a lot of the genre
0: connect- yeah. or conventions, rather. I would
1: say, and well, I wouldn't say a lot of people would probably say this, but Bird with the Crystal Plumage kind of set up the plot archetypes and mm-hmm. used a lot of the style things, but this kind of set up the style.
0: And the aesthetic. And yeah,
1: kind of cool. so.
0: I haven't seen it. I'll have to watch it.
1: It is going to come up on a future episode. Yes, it is. I have one in mind, we so do. we will yeah. be doing that.
0: So until next time, take it easy and keep it sleazy.
1: Say it in Italian.
0: Oh, God, I'm too rusty. I don't know how to say sleazy in Italian. <laughs> I don't know how to say take it easy. It's too colloquial. I'm less rusty than I thought in that I've been able to, like, understand a lot of conversational stuff lately, but I, I'm i sorry. I can't do it, guys. I'm I'm a fail-son Italian.
1: But, de... If that's Chile. <laughs>
0: We'll 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 we'll, get, we'll, uh, we'll 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 get back to you on that. We'll
1: get back to you. We'll figure this out. All right. Cool.